What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Grad Student Regrets. We've made it now to episode seven. Don't network, build a community. I'm Nick. I'm Shane. I'm Kriti. I'm Emily. And this is Ivy. Now, you probably noticed, um, we did have a new guest star come up. Hi. Hello. Um, Want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, I'm Kriti. I am I'm a physician from the UK. Um, I'm so impressed at everything that this team has achieved. I'm really flattered um, to be asked to be here today, really excited to talk. I am Tamil, a Tamil woman, first generation immigrant many, many times over. Um, grew up in the UK since the age of 11. Um, that's why I talk like this. Um, but I used to have an American accent because I watched a lot of Disney Channel. Um, <laughs> my work um, at the Chan School focuses on um, anti-racism, particularly within the National Health Service in the UK. Um, and along the way, I've had to unlearn so much um, and then learn with my new community. Is communities. So. <laughs> but you come from a lot of different communities, right? I mean, like you lived in multiple places throughout the world, not just in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really interesting because I my um, community identity intersects in a lot of helpful and problematic ways. So I'm a Tamil woman, um, but I'm of an upper caste, so I'm Brahmin. And that brings an interesting dynamic to the whole community thing, right? Because casteism is um, uh, propagated across the Indian diaspora, no matter where we go. Um, and then my community is also stuff, you know, stuff that I've discovered about myself along the way. You know, you don't... Um, there are identities like, oh, I didn't realize being a first-gen university goer was an identity. And then you can build a community around that. But then you discover people who have, um, who relate to you and who can help you grow and nurture. Um, so, yeah, I think I have had like maybe some like preset identities, um, which have maybe defined some communities. But the ones that I found more most rewarding are like communities that are identified for myself. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yes, she forgot to tell you, she is Oxford trained oh. in the whole system, right? So, like, truly, <laughs> truly posh and very well educated and yeah. respected. I think one of the things, one of the main things I've had to unlearn here in terms of building community and not networking is all of these internalized assumptions we make about the value that these things mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Right? So, this accent is, is my own but it's been deliberately cultivated because it opens doors for me. You know, people associate this accent with value, with knowledge, with power, and they open these doors. And I'm just like, well, how, how do we unlearn that? How do we say, because my main problem with networking is that it says there is one type of knowledge. There is one type of value. There is one type of worth. And anybody that doesn't subscribe to that isn't of value to you and hence you don't need to network with them Mm -hmm. right and actually the reasons the reason that i consider these folks community is because they don't they don't hang out with me because i went to oxford because i have wisdom or because i you know i'm well spoken or have this knowledge is because of the fact that we recognize that there is so much more that we have to give that doesn't subscribe to these networking has seemed to have a negative connotation or at least one here that I've discovered. In the past, it's always been just a drag. Everybody's like, oh, I don't want to do this. Krithi, we chose her today because she is one of the most outspoken people about it. We have had long debates where several women in this group here want to fight me on this. So 
I'll give in. I'll give in. Oh, let's do it. So the first question is, what's wrong with networking? Why do you have issues with it? Other than, you know, people just want to use you. I'm going to kick it to my sisters. Other than people just want to use you? <laughs> Isn't it obvious? Oh, gosh. I'm getting attacked already. <laughs> all right, all right. No, but seriously. Take it forward, though. I want to hear more about how it, how your interactions have influenced the way that you think about yourself and what you have to offer. What does it feel like? when other people approach you and be like, you can give me this. I want to use you for this. We'll just coin that right now as transactional, which is our big debate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Because uh, what I'm interested in is how does that, because you approach an interaction maybe like this, right? Like here is the potential for this relationship. Mm -hmm. And how I maybe want to hear from you is like, how does that approach do this? Like, how does it narrow? For people that are listening to us, by the way, I've had my hands like wide open. And then, because I I reckon, this is my hypothesis, like the nature of someone saying to you, I want this from, this is why I'm approaching you and I want this specific thing. Um, and I'm going to use you for it, like properly narrows the scope of what you're able to build together. Um, okay, maybe that's a, <laughs> that's a very leading question. That's but so deep. Oh, my gosh. Very, okay, here's a situation. I think you've probably all come across this. You know when you're in a room full of people and you're talking to somebody and they, you're trying, you, you know, initially they make eye contact with you and then you just completely lose it. They're just literally looking over you all around the room to be like, which person can bring me more value? I don't know if anyone has ever been in this situation. but all like, the time. Right. Time. How does that feel? It's awful. I feel like because I'm not like a typical, I feel like I'm, no, I don't have as much experience as most public health students here and what I can bring is not what most people are looking for. Mm -hmm. I experience that a lot. Mm -hmm. and it, doesn't, it doesn't feel good. good. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I see you and they're like, oh crap, I gotta get as close as possible to her because hey, she has all the friends and I want to make friends. That's, that's what I'm good for. Helping connect people. And then once they're connected, I'm done. Uh, no, you, okay, I'm, I've got to say, I really have to uplift these people here at the moment because what they're all really good at is actually like building community. These people, like everyone here on this couch has such disparate, different life experiences. And you're, you know, um, Taiwanese physicians here, you know, like, and You've had, you had so much going on in your life. I don't even know where to start, but just like such a kaleidoscope of different experiences and things you've learned. And you've come in from a very, very different perspective. But like, Ivy, what I really value about what you bring is that you're, you're like one of the most open-minded people I've met. You are always like, how, how do I learn from this person? You know, there are several times when Ivy has said to me, I'm so lucky to have met this person. I feel really grateful to have them in my life. And that attitude, you know, is exactly what we're here to talk about. <laughs> so then I guess you've just like jumped the gun and went straight to my like <laughs> killer question. What's the difference between networking and building a community? Because isn't it just all semantics? It's just perspective. What I think about with um, community is recognizing um, what value you have um, in non-traditional spaces, which have been like like historically been devalued, you know? Um, and for example, if I say um, like non-physician spaces, I think that's like a very big thing, especially in the public health 
or like spaces where people um, haven't like done like this fellowship, that fellowship. I went abroad mm-hmm. to do this, this, that. You know, um, and I think community is really about recognizing w- the value created in those spaces and uplifting that value, but also having the attitude being like, I want to learn. Like, I want to not to get, that's a very different thing. Like, I want to learn and then, you know, propagate, pay it forward all the time. Like, pay it forward, pay forward the uplifting, pay forward the connecting, you know, connecting people, pay forward um, the inspiration. Um, and that's, that's what I think. Whereas networking is, for me, like a way of reinforcing power hierarchies. You're like, there is all of this knowledge, all of this value, all of this worth that is concentrated, let's be honest, among like white supremacist, cis heteropatriarchal structures. And I'm gonna, from these levels, gonna try and link up with someone up there. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna get there and I'm gonna try and stay there. Mm-hmm. Right? That is like, never thought about it that way. <laughs> and it just reinforces the power hierarchies yeah. again and again and again. That's true. Yeah, so so you say networking is you're trying to get something from people that are quote unquote higher in the right. hierarchy, but yeah. community is more about sharing equally with each other, yes. learning from each other, right? Exactly. I think you use a word that's very interesting is inspiration. You got mm. inspiration from the people with you, you want to build a community. And I think that's reciprocal. You you have to give and the other one has to give mm-hmm. back. So mm-hmm. you can build a community together. Um, do you think there is a tip to build a community together? When So for example, you want to build a community with these people, but they only try to network or <laughs> like make use of you. How can you make change in this situation? This dynamic? Oh. Okay, one thing I've realized is that life is too short. Okay, if people want to interact with you in very transactional, extractive, exploitative ways, you've really got to ask yourself, why am I pursuing this? Um, because, because there is so much value and worth in community that loves you, that nurtures you. Anyway, like, why are you going after these people? It's like, that's the first question I've asked. The second question is, I found like a really cool way to try and build community. And I have to like put my hands up and say, I'm really new to this, right? This is the product of me unlearning. Because the whole like traditional medical training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and all of these elite academic spaces is about maintaining the power hierarchy. So this, I'm very new to the space and I'm happy to like be called out on any of this. But I've really found what's effective is to, when you're talking to a person, maybe like demonstrate what you, you've learned from them or something you appreciate about them that they don't put forward, right? Like there are certain things that people are like, this is what I want you to see my value as. This is what I want you to see my worth as. And then you look at that person and be like, actually, like maybe, but this is what I really value in you. You know, when you see something about their strengths that maybe they haven't lifted up themselves, they're just like, oh wow, like this person is seeing me. And this person is recognizing that I am more than what I'm able to, like they're really listening. So as an example, I think like one of the coolest things about Emily is that she really, really sees people. She like mm-hmm. every single time really sees people, yes. <laughs> really sees people. You like have come up to me several times and you you remember our past conversations and you'll be like, oh, hey, I've, I've thought about this. 
or hey, like this other thing you said reminded me of this. And I was like, Really? <laughs> 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 right. And like in that way, you are, that is so effective. It's, yeah, it's totally true. It's not the first time that someone said mm-hmm. that. I, I, I believe it too. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have this special mm-hmm. skill. It's very important to say that like you have, if there is intentionality behind this, this is not just like, oh, Emily's a nice, kind person. Like she's intentional and puts labor and effort into listening to people and really thinking about what you've like gained from that. Inter- like, oh, no, the word gain, but you know what I mean? Like what you've like absorbed from that interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's maybe it's my, my, uh, my personal uh, characteristics that I usually listen to other people instead of talking for my own um, my own self so maybe I try to uh, active listening why they talk this topic and what's the intention behind behind them because your background in um, came from India you went to UK does it form your way to think to build a community instead of networking is it from your culture or because how how does it all came along I'm gonna be real with you for a second, okay? Well, I've been real with you for 20 minutes, but I'm gonna get even more real. Um, so I think the reason I've really thought about this is because my family comes from a um, like a low-income background, and we moved across the world, but then we had to move back to India and then move to the UK from there. And when we moved to the UK. Um, you know, my parents had two young children, two daughters that they wanted to raise up in the world, you know, make sure we had all the best opportunities. And for them, the way to do that was to connect with people, to build community. But our immigration journey in terms of like income, what we had to think about, caring responsibilities, etc., etc., was so different from the majority of the Indian diaspora that we came across in the UK. And my, I could see my parents so desperate to build community with these folks, but they would also be always be looking at my mum and dad, being like, "What can you give me? Know. You know, like what what is it in this?" Because we went to build community, and they wanted to network. You know, they came in and they were like, "What is it that you can? You know, what job do you do? You know, to my dad, you know, what what is it that you can help me get from there?" Uh, my mum, who is like one of the most inspirational people gave up her job when she was younger to look after my sister and I because we moved a lot you know you have to build a home somewhere some type of way um and then but for people around you know they looked at my mom and they were like well you don't bring value to me and I saw how hurtful that was Mm. and really had to reorient the way in which I thought about community um but I I have to say it's not just about this isn't just like hurt centered right this isn't just Building community isn't just about preventing damage to oneself or making oneself feel good. There are like tangible, real, in real life benefits for all of those listeners who are being like, okay, this is all great, but this sounds like a bit like a self-care circle. I want some real tips for my career. How is this going to help me get ahead? Because this is grad student regrets. There are grad students listening to this who don't want to have regrets about about like what they're going to do. So, okay, for grad students who are listening or non-grad students who are listening, this is these are the things that I think that building community can offer you above and beyond networking, okay? The first thing is it stops you being insecure, right? Like when you're always focusing 
on what to network to be like i don't have some i don't have this thing i'm gonna have to go out and reach out to somebody else and I need them to give it to me please you know you're super insecure you know you're you're putting yourself and on the bottom end of a power dynamic in that situation there mm -hmm. and that leaves you open to exploitation how many people here have taken on projects research projects or some other projects in the hope that that situation <laughs> is going to give you a networking opportunity and how much you know how much have you been exploited gosh right? don't even start <laughs> don't even start the trauma we've talked about this you know so networking is for me a way in which people at the top of the power hierarchy they're just like you know, you'll get this. I'll give you this if only you do this for me. It is exploitative. So if you want to stop yourself being exploited, grad students, you need to stop thinking about networking. You know, you need to be about, I have, you know, intrinsic value in myself that I can bring to this space and I want somebody to co-learn with, to co-create with, you know, to build mutual respect. I think the second thing it can do for you, it actually genuinely makes you a more, a cooler person to be around. Right? People want to be around that energy when you try and build community and you will see, you will see that. Um, and the third thing is networking you do because you think there is this thing I'm lacking and I need to get it in order to obtain some kind of success. Okay, But there are so many, and this is what I'm learning, so many unknown unknowns. You don't even know what you don't know and the things that will help you. Okay. When you're being so like transactional being like this is the specific thing i need to get in order to like be where i need to be you are losing track of all of the things that you could be thinking about you know you are shutting yourself down um and you're not allowing yourself to explore all of these different opportunities i i genuinely believe that this is this is not something that i'm trying to be like i think we should all help ourselves feel a bit better about ourselves i genuinely think for the grad student journey or for anybody who's trying to make make it, quote unquote, networking is antithetical to opening um, opening your horizons. Wow. So well spoken. Wow. You know, I think it's a lot to do with the systems that we live in. Because like, if you want to go to med school, you want to go to law school, the first thing that I've been trained to think about is when I walk into a class, is this professor going to be somebody I can ask for a letter of rent? Mm. Is this professor going to help open my doors in? Is this project going to get me to where I need to be? And that's been like the biggest revelation for me in grad school. I now have to really fight with that urge. Like I still had that urge the other day. I've got a meeting with this professor. Can they help me with X, Y, and Z? And I'm always trying to think like what new skill, what new value I can bring. And it's just, it's so frustrating to me that I, I need to shift away from that. I'm spending too much time and energy stressing about the wrong things. I will say, I want to validate you there and just say, we don't live in a vacuum we don't live in an, a utopia and sometimes in order to have doors open to you within certain systems you need you need to jump certain hoops okay i do not i, I i'm not going to downplay here the role of making connections with people like professors for letters of recommendation what i'm saying is that is a very that is a that, that's like writing the mcat okay that's like jumping a hoop that is it that i don't want my, I don't want to pursue that kind of relationship building apart from in that very specific scenario. I think there is a role, we can't lie to ourselves here, you know, we, we cannot. When I wanted to apply to um, this program, 
I approached a mentor of mine who is really giving, she really believes in me. And I said, will you write me a letter of recommendation for Harvard? And she said, yeah, of course, I'd be really happy to, but I, I'm gonna ask this other person who is much better known to write you this letter of recommendation. I'm gonna to talk to them for you because these things have impact. So there you see like two conflicting things. You see the fact that I built community with this mentor you know I wasn't just with her saying um, this is what I want to get from you and I'm gonna leave you at that but building that community allowed me allowed her to help me jump that hoop. yeah and I, I, I those are two different things for me okay the hoops need to be jumped and you just got you just got to do it but your community can help you jump those hoops. they're not mutually exclusive I feel like community is a small portion a small um, yeah, portion of the relationships that you can have within the big, bigger circle of networking. It's something that's much more valuable, but it has networking elements in it too. I exactly. What I'm like really, you know, like the title of this podcast, I, I just really, as in like build community, don't network. That don't network part specifically, specifically for me applies to do not pursue this as your main type mm -hmm. of interaction relationship. You know, because of the fact that because of those three things I just like talked about before, you know, those are the, if you pursue networking as your main type of relationship building at grad school or whatever spaces you're in, you're not going to get those three things. But there are some specific things because of the structures that we live in that you need somebody who is high up to do for you. Mm -hmm. I feel like networking is very superficial from your sharing. Community is deeper. So it's like, you can only gain little thing if you want to build a network, but there are other aspects you can learn from these people. Mm -hmm. And how to do that is to build a community because there are other mm -hmm. values that mm -hmm. didn't show up in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's beyond what people achieve. Mm -hmm. So pretty. <laughs> do you have any regrets <laughs> about grad school? I, my regret, my main regret, which I've been thinking about a lot about grad school is that I didn't even know what courses I wanted to take because there were so many like of those unknown unknowns. So I'm, I actually like have had at the beginning of the semester and even now some serious regret about the choices that I made about course options. And the way I could have prevented that is by talking to my community <laughs> and asking them, you know, and talk, just talking to them about my interests. Not, and I, I specifically mean not just your faculty mentor. Like we're doing the thinking on the ground level about the things that we want to achieve and how we want to go about them and how that looks in the contemporary context in real life. You aren't going to be able to talk to your faculty mentors about how do I do X, Y, Z in the current context. You've got to talk to people around you. So I wish my main regret is not talking to my community earlier about the skill sets that I would need to get to my goals. I wish I'd been so open with the people around me, my peers, my um uh, my colleagues and just said, this is what I think I want to do. What do you think I need to help me get All right, so we are just about out of time, but I think, you know, you all let us know in the future if you want to have Krithi back and to talk more about the subject, because, oh my gosh, we are just barely making a tiny little nick on the surface here. Man. We learned so, so, so much. I learned so much. Thank, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And last but not least, we keep forgetting to do this. It's got to not be at the end sometime, but uh, Krithi, if you could help us out here. Yes, 
please like, subscribe and follow the Grad Student Regrets podcast team to follow their amazing work wherever you're listening to them. And stay tuned for episode 8 for stories about why we apply for a grad school. Ah.